0: 77 W.A.B.C. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Oh, <laughs> the movie's out. Well, you know one thing, Sage Steele has great taste in music. Let's groove tonight, Sage. This one for you, Earth, Wind, and Fire. You do love. All right. This hour brought to you by Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. They do make the world's best boilers. Check them out at PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. And one quick shout-out before I get to the lovely Sage Steel, my beautiful wife, Danielle would like to give her friend, as I would, Michelle Olson a big shout-out. Michelle was just made partner at Capitola and Divins, our buddy Anthony Capitola, out there in Garden City. Congratulations to Michelle Olson. Very, very nice girl, smart girl. Couldn't happen to a better person. Anyway, my next guest, not just a great sports lady, but listen, folks, if you followed my career, 25 years, you know one thing about me. I got balls. I don't care. And uh, anybody who takes on... I believe the bureaucracy in in, in an attempt to make it right is a hero. So Sage Steele is that. Here she is making her debut on this program, Sage Steele. Sage, good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning, Sid. I'm great. Thank you for having me on. And, by the way, when when you someone says their favorite song is "Let's Groove Tonight," Earth Wind and Fire, like we're totally aging ourselves if that's our favorite I know. song, right? I and know. I'm fine okay with it. I'm fine with it. No,
0: me too. I don't care. I'm afraid to even ask my 15 year old son or 19 year old daughter what their favorite song is. You know. By the way, hey Lewis, isn't there a big concert this summer? Earth, Wind, and Fire in like August, or is that am I confusing that with Chicago? No, I think they are touring. Yeah, uh, yeah. they Un- are. Unfortunately, Maurice White, who passed away, is not going to be. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, but Philip Bailey. Philip Bailey, still, who did all yeah. those great songs, and Phil Collins is still there. Yeah. So, uh sage for folks, because again, this is mostly politics. I do do a lot of sports yeah. on this show, being. I was weird on WFAN here in New York, and I'm still a sports guy to a certain extent. But this station is really a political station. They may yes. not know your whole history. How does a <laughs> smart, beautiful sports lady at ESPN all of a sudden no longer work at ESPN? What was oh, the history? Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. First of all, I'm going to start off by saying that um, – I love what you do i love what you guys do and the reason why i wanted to come on is because you guys are patriots you get it and you don't even nobody has to agree on everything but it's just to, to be respectful and kind and the diversity of thought that's everything for me and and I come from a military background. You know, my dad went to West Point. He my dad actually broke the color barrier. The first black man ever to play varsity football at West Point. Is that he right? Was a stud. Yes, 1966. Wow. He was a stud. He was uh, All-American, East-West Shrine game. He was actually drafted by the Detroit Lions back when they had 17 rounds in the NFL draft. Yeah. But even though they knew, the Lions knew he had to fulfill that five-year military obligation, which turned out to be 23, and he's a retired colonel, and my dad is my hero and my best friend. So that's uh-huh. where my principle comes from, even though <laughs> sometimes it's harder to um, to stand true to that, right, when, when that's who you are, because it gets scary. When the you-know-what hits the fan, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, stand up? at least try to discuss it, have conversations with your bosses in my case. Um, try to make change, beg, 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 or are you just gonna go silent again, which I had my entire life. Mm. And at some point it mm. gets tiring. Mm. And and I had to look myself in the mirror. So the story is basically I was I was I was silenced from my views. Um I went on a podcast with former Bears quarterback Jay Cutler uh the podcast is now defunct but i'd like to thank my uh big mouth for them on the map that day <laughs> <laughs> Um, my God! He never thanked me, though. The dude should have thanked me before he ran off hunting in the woods. He's got
0: all time. kinds of girl issues and Miami um, Dolphin issues, but he's fine. He made a lot of money, so he'll be okay.
1: Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and by the way, people are like, "Oh my God!" I go, "No, no, no!" I said what I said, and I would say it again. Here, here's the thing: I went on his podcast because a publicist friend of his said, "Hey, he he had like two shows. We need a woman. Would you come?" I was like, "Absolutely!" I'd never even met him, but sure. And hey, his research team did their homework and, and picked out three topics that I'd been outspoken on in the past, years prior. Um, and it, the first one was about women in sports and kind of the evolution of it and how I experienced it. I graduated from college in 1995. So, you know, like pre-internet, <laughs> right. um, black and white film, right? No, pre-internet and, and and where it was just a different world. And so I was Always the only female in a locker room, in an NBA locker room, in an NFL locker room for a long time. And um, I have strong opinions on, on women and professionalism um, while going in there and with your elbows out and making room for yourselves, you know. And I also have right. a mother of three with two daughters who uh, clothes matter. I always say women, were really smart. We know what we're wearing. We know why. We know when. So don't be surprised if people – Look at you when you're wearing that into a locker room. I'll always say it doesn't mean men can't be better or shouldn't be better. But women are smart and we're responsible, too. That blew me up. Number two, he asked me about race um, and why it's important to me to be uh, called biracial, if asked, or if I'm filling out a census or something. In 2014, I went on The View with with the crew, Whoopi and Barbara Walters, and um, Barbara Walters had a huge problem with the fact that I said I was biracial, not black. Barack oh, Obama please. president at the time. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, the president does. And I said, please. well, congratulations to the president. Yeah. He, it's interesting. He has a, um, he, he was raised by a white mother and a white grandmother. Of His course. black father was nowhere to be found. There's a book right. about it, but you do you. I'm going to do me. And um, <laughs> I said, it's important for me to be called biracial because I love my white mom as much as my black dad. Pretty sure my white mom was there when I was born that day. And I, <laughs> I'm like, wh- why wouldn't I celebrate the diversity of my family? That got me canceled. And then the third thing was being forced to take a vaccine, right? Um, to to, com- to to maintain my right. job at ESPN and Disney, and I and I had to do it to keep my job. But I said it was sick. Disney didn't like it. I got suspended. The rest is history. When I stood up for myself
0: the digital dollar could give the feds control of your money get the digital dollar report call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from priority gold to protect your money or just go to digitaldollarreport.com please note the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice by the way my beautiful wife danielle who i mentioned right before i brought you on is also biracial Mm Black father, Mm -hmm. white mother, my children, my two beautiful kids. Yes, Ava and Gabriel are part black. And uh, I maintain that biracial women are the prettiest women in the world because they got the best of everything. Um,
1: We're all mixed up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but you're right. Uh, you know, I, I remember I was uh, used to cover the Giants for FAM. I did their pre- and post-game shows and the whole Lisa Olsen, Zeke Moat thing from way back yeah. when. But, you know, I know that you've also been pretty outspoken about uh, males acting as if they were females competing in female yeah. sports. And, and look, uh, for some reason, when I eviscerated Colin Kaepernick and others and others for kneeling during the national anthem for some reason, a reason stayed still. That became a racial thing. It was never racial for me. I don't care if you're white or black. When you kneel during the national anthem to your father, for example, he is a hero, God bless him, you're spitting right in his face. But if I'm a white guy and I say that, I'm a racist. I'm not okay with that.
1: Listen, you're, you're absolutely right, but I, you know, it's funny. I just tweeted to my dear friend, Michelle Tafoya, who I absolutely love. I love love her too. Um, She's as classy as they get and the best at her job probably ever. Um, a job that's much harder than people realize. And I just tweeted at that, at my girl, Michelle, just because she was asking Mark Lamont Hill why he said they must hire a black woman as the next president of Harvard. Um, and I just tweeted, like, listen, you, you can't have conversations with people like Mark because they want racism to remain. It's way too profitable for them to stop the BS. And so um, to me, it's a waste of time to have a conversation. I, that's why I don't engage on Twitter with those people, because um, they're useless in my life if they are trying to make this country worse, which is and they're doing a, a good job of it right now. I got in trouble. Um, my first, like, real social media blow up um, was in 20. 20- well, right after Trump was elected in 2016, and I, and I said something about Mike Evans, the awesome Buccaneers receiver who I really like. Um, he was, you know, kneeling, which, you know, I don't agree with it, but that is their right. Um, but afterwards, he was asked why he was kneeling, and he just thought it was a disgrace that Trump was elected. Oh, by the way, he didn't vote. So I <laughs> ripped on – I retweeted something that ESPN yeah. had tweeted and ripped yeah. on him. And because I am a woman of color, because I'm black – um, because I'm biracial, call me whatever it is. He's biracial as well. I think Mike Evans. I'm not allowed to criticize him. I am a sellout, and all the names that I'm called on a daily basis that okay. I can't repeat on your radio show. Sure, you can. Because because yeah. if you have, if you
0: <laughs> here, are, you can. By mouth- the way, Sage, I'm not ESPN. Well, I don't give a ride right to this. <laughs> well,
1: but the words are are gross to yeah. me. Yeah. I, I got a potty mouth at times, but there's certain words that I will never of use. Course. Of course. And it's it's coming from. They're 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 just ugly ugly comments that black people use against other black people when you don't fall in line. Right. Which to me is the biggest one of the biggest problems that no one touches on, right? Is is so if we're trying to make this country better, and and as African Americans as black people, but then if one black person doesn't believe like they quote unquote should, they're a racist, they're a sellout, they're a coon, they're all of these things. Are you are you kidding me? And so that is so divisive, but people are afraid to talk about that part. It's such a double standard, and I just refuse to be silent about it anymore because I love our country too much, and I think the diversity of it is what makes us great. But when we tear each other down for thinking differently, that actually is so insulting. It's like, oh, all people with black skin must believe the same, must vote the same, must act the same, must marry the same. That You're making it sound like we're stupid and can't think for ourselves. It's embarrassing.
0: Well, it is. And and I have about two minutes to go with you. And by the way, you have not just uh, met expectations, you've exceeded expectations. I'm being honest, Sage, I don't remember the last time my phone has received this many messages that read, I swear to you, love her. Those two words, love her. From men, women, whites, blacks, everybody. Uh, But but look, you covered the NBA. You're a great NBA person. You're great. And LeBron James, I mean, look, I, I still think Michael's the greatest of all time because I'm old, okay? That's it. He's the greatest of yeah, all time. I agree. We're at a certain <laughs> but, age. Right, I know but, I have it to but, it all the time. But LeBron is probably second greatest of all time, but he's one of the biggest problems. He's another guy that everything is a black and white issue when everything black guys do is okay and white guys do is not okay. A lot of the guys in the NBA are like that. You know that. I mean, Kyrie Irving is a disgrace. Am I wrong?
1: Hmm. I don't know if I agree with you on the Kyrie thing. I think that's going to take another conversation. Okay. Um, We'll do it again next week. (laughs) I don't always agree. I don't certainly do not always agree with Kyrie, but I think he does far less damage than LeBron James does. And LeBron, for example, if you even just look at what's happening with that school in Akron, which, um, you know, ESPN, I remember we did a huge feature on it and the greatness of it, which yes, initially that's what you think. But if you dive into it and, look at, it wasn't really funded by LeBron. It's, it's taxpayers are funding that. And, oh, there's a there's a murder of a white kid outside of his school by a couple of black kids that he won't talk about. Right. Listen, racism is racism is racism. We can't pick and choose. And when you do pick and choose, you lose any and all credibility. LeBron is an incredible player. Obviously, top five in my mind, one of the all-time greats. I love him as a player. Um, I, 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 I I hate that he inserts himself where he's completely clueless and he needs to have better people around him to educate him, or maybe they're uneducated too. I don't know. Here's the best part of being a sportscaster for 28 years. I was always able to separate. And I think it's really important. You can separate someone's talent skills on the court, on the field, whatever um, from their politics, frankly. And, And that's how I think it is. That's how I lead my life with friendships, with relationships, um, And if we don't, then we are contributing to the downfall of the society. Separate, it's okay. Great basketball player, clueless in every other way.
0: (laughs) Well said. I got to tell you, uh, we have to wrap this up because I got another show coming up next. But I don't know what you're doing six to ten weekdays, but I got a chair to my left right here.
1: Right now, I mean, it's really weird. So, and I, I'm, I'm up in outside of Hartford, Connecticut. You know, where outside where ESPN is. Um, I need to come down your way. I need to. I need to find a life. I have no life right now. I you should come here. And, okay. okay. We will. Text me. We'll talk.
0: All right. We will talk. You were brilliant today. We'll do it again very soon. I will text you. Thank you so much. Keep talking, Sage. God bless Thank you. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Thank you, Father, too. He's a hero Thank, uh, all, all, from all of us. Thank you, Father. That is it. That is uh, Sage Steele, and she was every bit as good, probably better than any of you could have imagined. Sage Steele, baby. Let's get her here. John, Chad, you're listening. Let's get her here. Perfect for this place.